0: Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Black Girl Gone Afterthoughts. I, of course, am your host, Amara, and I am here with my husband and my co-host, Jason. What's up, y'all? So I am actually going to start off this episode a little different because I know that we have gotten um, some new listeners this over this past week, especially since we've done the last episode of Afterthoughts. So I wanted to start this episode, um, making sure that people understand that Afterthoughts is a separate episode from our main Black Girl Gone podcast. So our main Black Girl pon- Gone podcast, oh, sorry, our main Black Girl Gone podcast comes out on Mondays. Um, And that's where we tell the stories of what happened to these women. Um, You know, I try to include as much information, as much detail as possible. um, And it's just really a straightforward story about their lives and then ultimately the tragedy of either their disappearance or their murders. Now, Afterthoughts is an opportunity for you guys to hear from me and Jason um, just a little bit more about about the episode. We just talk a little bit more about it and so you're this is really two episodes. so I just didn't want to you know have any confusion for people who just like just tuned in and maybe you started off with afterthoughts. Um, but this is a separate episode. So if you want to hear the story about the woman, about the women that we cover, um, that episode comes out on Monday and then afterthoughts comes out on Thursdays
1: And also afterthoughts is a chance for you um, listeners to v- voice your opinion. Dig into the story and try to uncover some things that uh, might not have been mentioned or might yeah. not have been uh, in the story. Exactly, that you feel that could help the case.
0: Exactly, it's also an opportunity for you to ask questions because. Um, it, it, like I said, if you're if you're new, the more episodes of Black Girl Gone you listen to, you'll kind of get the vibe of the show, and you'll see that the stories are very straightforward. There's not a lot of opinion. There's some things that I choose not to include for certain reasons. Um, but there might be questions, and there might be things that you want to ask, and you're like, "Well, what happened to this?" And or even if you just want to know my opinion, even if you know that I may not know, but you just say, "Hey, Amara, what's your opinion on this?" Um, this is what Afterthoughts is for. So. Yeah, so I just kind of wanted to start this episode with that and welcome, you know, all of the new listeners, anybody who's listening for the first time. I just wanted to welcome you to the Black Girl Gone family.
1: Now, we're talking about the story of Kerry. Harris-Wicks. Yes. And let's go right into it. Yes. Give us the background. Give us the uh, details of this story.
0: Yeah, so let's just go straight into this week's story. Um, So we told the story of the tragic murder of Carrie Harris-Wicks, who was 31 years old. Uh, She was living in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, um, and she was working at a food processing plant as a quality assurance manager. Um, She was also um, in school getting her MBA and um, actually, in June 2008, she had just graduated and, and, and received that MBA. Um, but when Carrie first started working at this food processing company, she met um, a man named Craig Armstrong, a co-worker of hers. And it was pretty clear from the beginning that Craig was a little bit more interested in uh, Carrie than she was in him. And he wanted to be more than just co-workers. Um, and Carrie politely tried to turn him down. Um, he baked her a cake, he brought flowers to work. He just, you know, he just did things like that. And she tried her best to, um, you know, turn down his advances and, and you know, express to him that she wasn't interested. But uh, Craig really didn't get the hint. She ended up going to HR, reporting him to HR. Um, and, you know, about a year after that, uh, once again, he brings her another gift that she has to reject. Um, But around that same time, Carrie and a coworker find a video camera in the bathroom, in the uh, women's bathroom. And so they report it to HR, but Craig sees Carrie bringing the camera to HR and Craig ends up being the person who had put the cameras in the bathroom. And so, um, Carrie, uh, Craig decides that he is going to murder Carrie, and so he goes into the bathroom I mean to the kitchen um at the job and he gets a butcher knife and waits for her to come back from a meeting and then he stabs her and and kills Carrie and she dies at work um on the scene when her co-workers come in she's um you know bleeding and has the knife still lodged in in her neck um subsequently Craig was. Caught because he was seen fleeing the office. He was caught the next day. And he was um, tried and he was convicted and is currently serving a 90-year prison sentence.
1: So Yeah. So in this story, we can admit that terrible things happen at work all the time. Yeah. Uh, tragedies happen in people's workplaces. Mm-hmm. But this is something that's just so unique because it was a tragedy that happened because he couldn't get over the fact that she didn't want to be yeah. with him or want to give him the the attention that he wanted. Yep. And um, just from a, a man's perspective, I can say this. So I'll say that uh, <laughs> I I met my wife. She lived next door to me.
0: Me, I'm his wife. Yeah, that's <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's how we met. Um, the funny part about it is uh, I was always in and out because I was doing a lot of things with music. I had a band and I was doing a lot of things. So I didn't notice her. But when I did notice her, I was like, man, I want to talk to her. And fortunately, when I end up, you know, just trying to have a conversation with her, uh, we had a great conversation and we hit it off. And in the back of my mind, before I talked to her, which was, you know, maybe two days before (laughs) I actually got the courage to talk to her, I was like, man, if this this girl doesn't want to talk to me, I'm kind of messed up because she lives... Right next door to me, <laughs> so I'm just going to have to chalk it and move on. It's going to be kind of weird, but I'm just going to have to chalk the situation yeah. and kind of just move on. And as as men, I think that you know that's usually you know nine point nine times out of ten, unless she's giving you a different type of energy, mm-hmm. you just move on and you just mm-hmm. let it go. Yeah, you know what I mean. If if she says no and she says you know no thank you, you know, yeah, I, I feel like it's it's your purpose to the to realize that, you know, she's maybe not the one for you. You know
0: what I mean? Um, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, (laughs) that's (laughs) a funny, it's a funny little story because it it really does transition into kind of like the first part of this is just like, like, no means no. And there are, um, when you know wh- who whoever it is, but particularly in this situ- situation, we're talking about women in this situation, and and when she says no, she's not interested. It's just that, and I think that yeah. I mean, we all know that. Let's let's be honest. You know, I'm not I'm not a single woman. I haven't been a single woman for a very long time, but I know that you know single women who are interested in dating men, they like when a man approaches them. They like when a man, you know, comes up to them and says, you know, hey, you know, whatever. But they also like when they say no, that you just take that as that. Hey, no, I'm not interested and you move on. Um, Sometimes the timing is not right. Sometimes the setting is not right. You know, you might see that woman a year later and, and she might, take you up on your offer to go on a date. But it's important to realize that when she says no, she means no. And that was the the start of this with, with Carrie and Craig is his inability to accept that she did not want to date. You know, and like I said, I mean, I think there was things, and he's been portrayed as being this odd kind of character, but for the most part... They said he was nice, you know what I mean? But for Carrie, it really wasn't about that. For her, from what everything I've gathered, it was about the fact that they worked together, and she just did not want to have a relationship with someone that she worked with, and he could not accept that.
1: Well, I will say on a side note before mm-hmm. we get into um, some of the interesting parts of this case mm-hmm. that I know um, most women you know, really know in the first couple of minutes of meeting you, whether they're kind of interested or not. And I think that when you're in a situation where it's a close proximity, they know whether to uh, say that this is something that they want to be involved with Mm -hmm. or not. So Mm -hmm. we're not uh, casually meeting. We're not in a mall. We're not somewhere where I not going to see you again this is somewhere where i'm going to see you every Every day day. yeah every single day kind of synonymous with 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 the story that i just gave about how we (laughs) live live next door to each other um this is kind of the same thing so if if this is that type of situation it's kind of just like let it go yeah you know what i mean yeah for sure So just you know my this is my honest feelings
0: yeah no i i i agree and that's that yeah that's where it kind of starts. Okay.
1: So let's get into some of the interesting, um, shocking, surprising things that you find uh, uh, about this case.
0: Okay. So, um, so yeah, so we, we started off with me and you just talking about the whole, you know, the no means no thing and the fact that Craig would not um, leave well enough alone. And I think that, that, you know, obviously, that's that's where the story starts, and that's where um, Carrie's problems start. Because other than that, she seems to be everything else seems to be fine in her life. She doesn't. Right. There's no reports of any other issues in her life. She moved to Atlanta. She's in school. She, you know, um, just right before her murder, she had just graduated, gotten her MBA. She had lived a successful life. She wasn't having any issues besides Craig at work, and so. You know, it's, you know, Craig was this, like I said, Craig was this character from what I've been, you know, what has been described about him was that he was nice. He was, you know, people thought he was nice, whatever, whatever that means. You know what I mean? Um, And so, when he starts, you know, approaching Carrie or talking to Carrie, it, it may not have seemed that out of the ordinary, but... When he would not leave her alone, you know, that's when this whole thing, I guess, tumbleweeded into this. You know, she has to keep consistently telling him he's buying her gifts, he's buying her flowers, he's buying her jewelry on her birthday. Um, you know, the the last gift that he buys her is a Palm Pilot. You know, and for like I said, for the youngins that are out there, a you know, Palm Pilot was like a handheld computer type of vibe. Like, you could calendar, and it wasn't a phone, but no, it was it a... Was a calculator, planner. It was like a, they, they describe it as a digital organizer. Right, it, so was like, like, it was a planner. You know, yeah, exactly. It was like a planner with like a calendar, and you could like write little notes in there and things like I'm that. Old, like, so
1: this was before the Palm phone.
0: Yeah, yeah, way before the iPhone. Like, this was like the first kind of like iPad it was like before the iPad like this is what you know so whatever so but it was an expensive gift to give someone and that's not the type of gift you would give somebody that you work with especially somebody that you've worked with for almost two years and for the entire two years you've been trying to talk to her and she's been rejecting you and has complained to HR about you and you're going to show up at her graduation whatever you know cake and ice cream with a palm high like that's you know that just that just lets you know everything about about Craig and, you know, his lawyer, once Craig was arrested, his lawyer tried to paint, you know, the the, the explanation is that Craig was mentally ill. And, you know, I can't debate whether or not Craig was mentally ill. He may very well have been mentally ill. Um, I can't, I'm not no psychologist, no doctor. I only saw or heard the, um, The audio clips from the interview that 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 have been publicly—I don't know that you know—but it doesn't change the fact that what happened happened. You know what I mean? It wasn't as much as his mental illness may have been a factor. We also know that he targeted um, he targeted Carrie because it could have been anybody at the office if it just snapped. And he wouldn't. Could have been the HR lady. Yes, Uh, and
1: and and the fact of the matter is, uh, keeping towards. Uh, interesting things that he he just wouldn't let it go. He wouldn't let it go. He just that that that's the thing.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. That's the that's the part is that he wouldn't let it go. And despite all of the other things that were going on, he he was not getting the hint. You know what I mean? And then Carrie had all these other things going on, so she had you know, there's, I, 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 I can talk about it briefly, like she thought that somebody was going in her office and there was a situation where she thought somebody was following her. So it, it was, it was encompassing her life, you know, in, in, in some ways, because she thought that he was like, and she never actually came out as, as of what I could find and say, I think this is Craig. But in the back of her mind, I'm pretty sure that she suspected him. And, Two years go by. And like I said, at the end of the day, how much his mental illness played into that is, you know, we don't know. But we do know that he targeted her. And like you said, he would not let it go, regardless of the complaints, the rejection of the gifts, um, all of those, all of those things. Like he just, and so, yeah, So to me, that's, yeah, that's that. Yeah, yeah, that's where it starts. Yeah, yeah and
1: and and I I kind of understand the fact of the mental illness part of it because I I honestly think that he he might have been mental mm-hmm. mentally ill only because of this factor because of the factor that the average man mm-hmm. so you know luckily you have a you have a male co-host which yeah which factors in mm-hmm. but the average man would would naturally just move on. Move on. Um, And they would, uh, as far as the gifts, Mm -hmm. like uh, if you are single and you're trying to, uh, you know, court women or date women or uh, just trying to get them to, you know, maybe go out with you, you know, uh, you might be focused on a few women that you want to go out with. So, you know, him having this just obsession Yeah. This obsession with her
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, might have meant that, yeah, you know, he yeah. was mentally ill. Not giving anybody a pass. What, what happened, happened. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, you know, he might have been, you know, he might have had that problem.
0: Well, there was something, I think, that that's, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't go ahead and just, like, I, I, I can't say one way or the other, but I do believe that there was something obviously wrong. Because, like you said, the average man, a normal man... After a couple of times she turned you down, you would have been like, "All right, she's not, is not interested. Let me just move on." You wouldn't keep um, pursuing her in this way. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, that's that's the that's the thing about that's the thing about Craig. And unfortunately, for Carrie, I think she was worried about Craig. I think she, you know, she was concerned about what was happening, but she obviously in no way. Had any idea that it was going to end the way it did. And, you know, that kind of segues into the next thing, which was Craig's past. And at first, Carrie didn't know about Craig's past. I don't know who, how many people knew about Craig's past, but at, but at the beginning, Carrie had no idea who Craig was or what he had been through or where he had came from. But once she found out, then I'm pretty sure for her and her mind that changed the game because now we know okay, so we have Craig and he's just this like creepy guy at work who won't leave you alone. And it goes from that to being okay, Craig is not only a creepy guy at work, but Craig has also served time for murder. Like he murdered somebody and not just like a self defense type of situation, he murdered his ex girlfriend. With a hammer and strangled her. Right. So now you know this about this person who has been pursuing you nonstop. I mean, it's for me is like I can't even imagine what Carrie was going through and feeling. And I, you know, I started off the episode saying that you know this this episode will probably resonate with a lot of people who've had situations at work, and they don't even have to be as extreme as what Carrie has dealt with, but just um, having issues with anybody at work, going to HR. And it can be men and women. Men and women. It could be men and women. It could be either way. But just like there's so many people out there that n- that have, you know, had issues at work, who have gone to HR, who have not been believed, who have had somebody harassing them. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's triggering because people can imagine what that was like. And so going to work is always stressful enough, you know. It's going, you got to go to work, you got to wake up, you got to commute there, you got to deal with people, you got to deal with all of that stuff. Mm. And then you pile on that somebody also harassing you. And then like I said, for Carrie, <clears throat> what she then finds out is not only is the person harassing her, you know, a weirdo that won't really leave her alone, now she knows that he's a convicted murderer. And now she has to deal with that information. The funny thing is, is that, or Interesting thing I should say, because it's not funny. The interesting thing is that I tried really, really hard to look up information about the murder um that Craig had committed of the of the other of the other young woman in nineteen ninety two I couldn't find anything about it aside from this case um and um an appeal that I was able to find find that he had filed. there was really no mention of this this murder, and so. That's also really very, very, very strange. That's
1: very crazy.
0: It's very crazy because the way, the way you see it described is that this is a brutal murder. I mean, anytime you beat somebody to death with a hammer, I mean, my God. Like that's not, that's not just some, that that's a brutal murder. Like, beat her with a hammer and strangled her. Um, but for there to be absolutely no information about that. And so then we know that after and this happened in New Jersey, which is, you know, just across the bridge from where we are. But I don't I don't even know what part of New Jersey it happened in, but cuz that's the other thing. Like I, it it just says New Jersey. But then we know that after he gets out of jail, he moves to Georgia. And then he also once he moves to Georgia, a year after he moves to Georgia, he gets arrested again for stalking women in a bathroom or Voyeurism again, which is you know, uh, you know, where you see where he was putting the video camera. This is just some. This is part of the stuff that he did. Um, But anyway, he gets caught doing that, and he ends up serving another year in jail. And then somehow, Cargill thinks that he is an excellent candidate for a job, and they hire him. Why I I, we don't know. Don't know. Don't don't know what type of background process. Um, that Cargill did because it's not that, so just to go into that a little bit because it's not that there is not, you know, well, like I said, the the heinousness of the murder in and of itself is just like, uh, there's questions about why he would have even been out of jail in the first place. But, we do know that people who have committed crimes in their past, there's redemption, right? There is yeah, there's, there's, there's expungement. Yeah. There is I don't there's no expungement for murder, but you know there are there are state laws now that only allow you know employers to go back seven years. I know in Pennsylvania, um, an employer can only go back like seven years, even in your criminal history. You know, like there's certain they can't there's some states you they can't even ask you about criminal history past a certain amount of years because. People who get out of jail, they need to work. It's not yeah. it's not that they don't need to work. They do need to work because that helps keep them from and you know and ending be- up back in jail because they can get legitimate work and they can get their lives back on track. And some people have honestly just made a one time one time mistake. mistake exactly or
1: you know have been in an issue and it's over. And it and happens they've, yeah, and they've changed
0: exactly. And I think that we as a society know that people will get out of jail. People, everybody who's in jail is not serving a life sentence. So eventually people are going to get out of jail. And the best thing for us to do as a society is to provide work for them so that they can earn a legitimate living so that they don't end up. Up going back to a life that they were living before or, you know, any anything like that. So that's not to say this about Craig. However, I mean, about, about people who've been arrested or have served jail time. But in Craig's situation, I do think that it is questionable the crime that he had committed and the time between him, you know what I'm saying? Like the yeah. time between him being let out of jail getting this job, and then not only that, but after he got out of jail, he got in trouble again. He got in trouble again. So I would assume he would have been on parole. Yeah. And the other question is why he ain't served up the rest of his sentence once he got caught in Georgia? Because usually if you had gotten a 10 year sentence but you only served five years, my assumption is that maybe it was based on, I don't know, uh, behavior or whatever, but it doesn't matter when he recommitted a crime or when he committed another crime why wasn't his parole revoked you know there's so many questions about those type of things that happen even when once he got to you know once he got to georgia and you know so okay
1: um yeah that's that's just it's a it's a crazy part of the case yeah. do you have anything else interesting you want to add you want to go with something else interesting um, or yeah,
0: I just wanted to just point out the fact that I think that it's interesting that, you know, we were just talking about the him being arrested for the the voyeurism of the—I mean, the stalking of the woman in the bathroom. And then he ends up being the person who puts the cameras in the—or put the camera in the bathroom that Carrie later finds with her coworker, And it's just such a—I um, don't know, like, it's—you can't call it fate, but it's like, it's just this weird series of events that— not only is Carrie being stalked and harassed basically by this man, but then she also ends up being the one there's other women that work in this this company she ain't the only but she ends up being the one to then find the camera that he um that he planted, and then he ends up seeing her as she's carrying the camera to h r you know it's just um it's just one of those parts of the story where it's just like, damn like. How did that? How did all of those things really line up to happen in that exact way? It could have been anybody that found that camera. You know what I mean? Like it, it could have been the coworker alone. It could have been another woman that was in the bathroom. The fact that it was Carrie, and then it ended up being the one person at work who she was having an issue with. You know what I mean? So like she finds the camera, she has no idea it's Craig. She not She there's no way to know. She's, she just finds the camera. She's like, oh my god, there's a camera in here. But it ends up being him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, like I said, and then not only that, but the day that she goes, the day that she they find the camera, they go to HR that day. But the person from HR is not there. So, they have to wait until the next day. And so, they go home, Carrie secures the camera, and they go to home next the next day. And that next day, as she's walking to HR, Craig sees her. Yeah. That's just crazy to me. Yes. Like that's just, to me, that's just it's such an unfortunate part of the story because, like I said, nobody knows what would have happened, and 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 there's there's literally no way. But that just those like series of I guess coincidences is the only thing you can call them. That, and then within hours of him seeing her carrying that camera to HR, he murders her. So. I feel like that's a part of the story that you just like you can't leave out because it almost makes it feel like the two things are not connected. Like, oh, well, he murdered her because he saw her with the camera and he didn't want HR to. Well, at that point, it didn't matter. She had already gone to HR, right? You know what I mean? Like, this was driven by another feeling a, a hatred for Carrie uh, uh maybe all of a this resentment. a resentment all of these things coming together oh you going to reject me and report me to HR you know what I mean like it, it's like all of that came together at once because by the time he killed her HR had already been notified the police had already been called he was already caught at that point so why are you killing her you know what i mean so yeah, yeah.
1: well i know that uh historically uh for this show for the last 2 months mm-hmm. Ah, uh, you have been doing all of the interesting things and uh, surprising things about this case. Yeah, but I will add one before we get into the questions and mm-hmm. comments. I think that it's crazy, um, and we've both worked in corporate America. Yeah, we worked together for yeah. two years. <laughs> <laughs> um, the HR is. HR is so bad sometimes. Oh, jeez, HR, we mm. um, could do a whole know, podcast I, I, about that. Oh my
0: God, my Lord. My and Lord.
1: um, you know, no disrespect to anybody that are you know anybody in that HR. works. In, Hopefully,
0: you're a good HR representative. Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> but you just gotta know. Um, it's it's bigger than work because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of rules and things that mm-hmm. that people don't people are not aware of when they're in HR and just with with telling her to um continue to accept the gifts uh, and just like, be quiet. Like it's nothing like, yeah. it's like, you know, you didn't do your job, man. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, no. it, this is a, this is a red flag, this is a red flag moment. Mm-hmm. This is a situation where, you know, you're supposed to step in and actually do something yep. um, as a uh, human resources. And um, if, you know, that part is uh, as researched, just accurate. <laughs> I think that that's crazy that HR was just like, yeah, just just take the gifts and shut up. Like, what do you <laughs> Yeah. Think? Like, that's that's wild to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's that that part right there like I said that that's that's the part that can probably be triggering for a lot of people because um it it, it can be tough especially um let's just be real, especially for black women in corporate settings in these type of settings. A lot of times it is hard for us to go to HR and say, "Hey, listen, such and such has said something, or such and such is bothering me." It's there's this there's often just like, in every other part of society, there's this automatic dismissal of Black women and their complaints, <laughs> and 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 not to say that there are not women, period, that have been harassed at work that's and and have not been believed. Trust me, we know white women, all types of women. There's yeah. women that have been sexually harassed at work who have been subjected to horrible things at work um, and went to HR and their companies, and their companies have dismissed them, have told them to get over it, have have gaslighted them, um, you know, told them, you know, what you see in front of you is not really happening. Yeah, it's not a, it's know, not a big deal. It's not really, you know, maybe you're being negative. Maybe you're having a negative outlook on <laughs> the fact that he's talking about your breast every day. Like, it, it there's always something you know there's 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 many times where there's been these types of incidents where hr has been dismissive of women in the workplace and that's why i said like this case this episode um, although it has been solved, it is a reminder of how important it is to create safe spaces for women in the workplace, especially in male-dominated industries. Um, you know, this was a food processing plant. Um, sometimes in, in these type of settings, there it is male-dominated. There are more men than there are women. And, and at work, a lot of times, that's just the case, period. No matter what setting you're in, a lot of times, especially the higher the ladder you climb, you start to see less and less women. You start to see less and less people of color. Um, and so it's incredible important to create safe spaces for them yeah. at work. Black people, women, um, you know, other minorities, they need safe spaces at work. Yeah. They shouldn't, nobody should go to work and be harassed. That's, nobody should ever, ever go to work and be afraid, be bullied, be harassed. None of those things. Yeah. So. Yeah. You HR. Know, you know, I feel passionate about that. You know, yeah. I said we can go on for days yeah. about that. But HR know, tight <laughs> HR
1: tighten up. Let's go. Let's, you know, this is, right. is not about
0: me. Let's, <laughs> you know, let's move
1: on. It. <laughs> so um, yeah, let's let's go to um some of these questions and these yeah, and these comments. And of course, as I say every week, until we get a little bit more into the, the uh, Afterthoughts podcast, you will hear my announcement that this part is literally about you guys tapping in and your questions, your comments, your thoughts about um, what happened and um, how it can relate to this case, how it can relate to other cases Mm -hmm. um, that we cover um, so that the people that, you know, research these cases and try to solve these cases can realize, hey, people are concerned. And there's some other aspects of the cases that Y'all might not understand because y'all not from these communities. Y'all are not from these hoods. So um, this is one of the parts that I think that uh, we are just trying to just increase. So I will go to Spotify first and uh, go with the comments. Mm -hmm. Let's go. All right. So um, the first one I have, I'll say... This is a good one because it's from the United Kingdom. So shout out, to the, shout to, the out to the UK. It says, hello from the UK. Uh it seems unbelievable that Craig only served five years for killing, for the killing of his girlfriend mm-hmm. in the 90s. Do you know what he was charged for in that case?
0: Yeah. So um from what I could gather, it was a manslaughter charge. Um, yeah, he received a Ten-year sentence, um, but only served five years. Now, like I said, usually when you only serve half your sentence, it's like you know, out on good behavior type of type of thing. Um, but that's pretty much all the information that I got. But I do know that it was a charge of manslaughter and not, um, you know, first or second degree murder. Uh, I I would love to be able to find. Um, you know, more information about that case, because like I said, there are so many questions about why Craig was given such a light sentence and then why he was allowed out without even serving the whole 10 years. Um, because, you know, had he been, had he gotten a longer sentence or maybe if he had served out his entire sentence, um, he would have never even crossed paths with, with Carrie. Um, so, that's just a, yeah, that's just a crazy thing. But manslaughter. yeah, it was manslaughter. Wow. It was manslaughter, which is, which is a lesser charge, and it comes with a lesser sentence. So, I mean, it makes sense that he would have only gotten 10 years if he was only charged with manslaughter. But the reason why he was only charged with manslaughter is the biggest question, especially considering that just a few years later, he's claiming to... Be mentally ill and hearing voices. Was he hearing voices then? Was this something? Was this a new yeah. occurrence? Like, was he, was he mentally ill then? Right. You know, like when, when? And he spent five years in jail. Nobody noticed that he was mentally ill then. So I, I don't know. A lot of questions.
1: Right, because that kind of leads us to the next question, which says, "How did he get the job at the company? Mm. Did they not check his record?" Um. So that's what you were kind of just talking about.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean. So, as far as we know, um, like I said, any statements that the company has made about uh, this, about the situation, they've never directly answered. Like, I saw where a local news organization, like, reached out to them and asked them that question. Like, how did he get, how did he get the job? And they just kind of, like, you know... They kind of skirted around the answer, like they didn't really give a real a, a reason. Um, like you would assume that he was given a background check. Like, that's just an assumption, because most jobs give you at least a criminal background check. Um, and like I said, because of the proximity of when he had gotten released and when he would have started working there, uh, it. it, it I, I, well, actually, you know what? Crazy part we don't even know when he started working there. But by the time he had started working there, well, well, by the time I should say Kerry started working there, he had been out of jail five, six years. So who knows? But as far as we know, um, we don't as far, as far as we know, we don't know. That's what I should say, whether or not they did a background check. And then if they did a background check, whether they're, you know, an employer that gives people, you know, a second chance or they have flexible rules about. You know, felons, who knows? I don't I don't I really don't know. Right. Um, but we do know that they hired him. So what they knew about his background, and if and if her coworker was able to find it like really quickly, then you know, obviously the job would have been able to find it too. But um, like I said, we don't know. And uh, we do know that her family was able to um they did sue the company for okay. what happened. Good for them. And um yeah, and that was settled out of court, so we don't know the details of that. But they did they did file a lawsuit against them. So yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, do you want to go to some questions that you uh, might have seen on the gram?
0: Okay. Yeah. So there was another question actually, somebody else from the UK, and this is also, this is on Instagram. Um, but she asked, um, do we know if there was any police involvement before the voyeurism? And then she went on to say, I'm shocked that, th- that she was told to just accept gifts from HR, like just take them and shut up. This just shows how employee rights vary in different countries, as here in England, such a blasé response could have taken for higher complaints. This man was dangerous, and I even think if it wouldn't have been this beautiful lady he targeted, it would have been someone else and the situation the same. Like a lot of the stories you tell, this is somebody else who had lost their life because it was deemed appropriate to release such a dangerous individual um so i i that that comment stood out to me first of all, you know the, to, just to answer the first part of your question about do we know if there was any police involvement before the voyeurism? As far as we know, there was not uh the first time that the police are called to the job are when uh, Carrie and her coworker bring the tapes to h r and h r reviews the tapes and realize that. Um, somebody has been, um, you know, watching women in the bathroom. And so they call the police. Um, But yeah, I mean, even in here in the United States, like you would think that um, there are layers of always, you know, kind of hierarchies at, at a job. You go to HR and and, you know, you would think that there's somebody. But oftentimes there's not. Sometimes it, it does, the buck does stop with HR. And if HR is unwilling to do anything, um, it's sometimes, just depending on the company structure, it's hard to then, who, who else do you go to? You know what I mean? Um, you know, even if she went to her manager, um, even if she went to somebody higher up in the company, you know, it, it, it You know, it just depends. It, it depends on the structure. And like I said, um, and so... You know, like I said, depending on the company in America, there are times where you can go to somebody else and and um try to, you know, go higher up the chain of command. And whether or not that ever crossed um Carrie's mind or not, I, I don't know. And the other thing I thought that was, like I said, I don't know if after she made the first complaint or the complaint to HR, what happened after that. There doesn't I, there wasn't a lot of information about what happened, um, whether or not he stopped, whether or not it um you know, you know he's less lessened, he stopped buying her gifts. I I don't know, and so that may have driven her um, reason for not going above HR or continuing to complain until that next incident happens at graduation. So it, it's you know, so I don't know, but um, but yeah, so it, it that's I just thought that was a really um, it just was a good statement, and then, you know, it's just also the party said about it. It hadn't been Carrie; it, it quite possibly just could have been someone else. Um. We don't know um, what else he was who else he was doing this to. Could have been women outside of work, could have been women that he met in other, you know, situations. And it very well could have been another woman. I do think that in this situation, it was a combination of not only the rejection, but yes, him finding out or her finding out about the cameras. I think the culmination of those two things resulted in him becoming angry and then him murdering her. Because if that was the case, then what else would have triggered him? You know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I would assume that Carrie wasn't the first woman to reject him. If he's the creepy kind of guy that he's, you know, kind of being portrayed to be in this story, she probably wasn't the first woman to turn him down. So I think that there was the the, the other part of the factor was that, that 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 he was angry that she not only rejected him but now she is going to be kind of the person is going to end up sending him back to prison when they find out that he's been planning the pl- cameras in the bathroom. So yeah. So
1: Yeah. Do you have do you have uh, uh, any other comments that you have on there? Um if not, I can just, you Yeah, know. just one more, And then just
0: kind of, she just says the same, you know, she brings up the same point about, um about, you know, the rejection and the fact that it could have been someone else. And what she says is he had rejection issues. If not her, it would have been someone else. He was absolutely mentally unstable, but conscious of his actions. We look for our culture of men to protect us, not butcher us to death. And yeah, I, that's just
1: so yeah. That's, and that's I mean, and that's kind of the facts like uh, the last Spotify comment that I will go in. I I won't read it all, but I'll just read the first part part which was the first comment mm-hmm. on Spotify, which says, "This is very upsetting because, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, Amara, it could have been any one of us, mm-hmm. and some men simply cannot take rejection, and yet put women at fault." and act on their own vile intentions. Yeah. And I will say coming from a city, growing up in this city where I've seen men try to talk to women and, mm-hmm. you know, say, you know, disgusting things to them and, you know, cuss them out because, you know, you know, they wasn't trying to holler or mm-hmm. whatever the situation is, I think that uh everybody can look at this situation, man or woman, and realize that uh it's okay to be rejected and move on, especially. Mm-hmm. especially um, you know, I don't know this man. I don't know what his actual situation is. I know that he, you know, is serving life mm-hmm. and has been. Well, is he serving life for?
0: Yeah, he got. Well, he got a ninety years. Ninety years. Of, okay.
1: Of well, I. Well, yeah. So I know that he has been sentenced, and it just kind of shows you. Like, take a step back. You know. As a man that's married and, you know, I love women, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I'm married, but, you know, women are beautiful women, Mm -hmm. are beautiful people, Mm -hmm. and you can get caught up. But when somebody says no, Mm -hmm. and when somebody says, I'm not feeling you, it's okay to just let it go and realize that, you know, you don't have to pursue that person and you can, you know, you can find somebody else that wants to kick it with you, and that actually is into you. Yeah. To, you, know, you Don't you want, that you, yeah, you want somebody that wants you too? Yeah, you want somebody that's into you, not somebody that's, you know, you beating their door down for a, yeah. for a year. You know, you want somebody that says, hey, I like you too. Let's let's go kick it. You and there's a the I mean? difference
0: between being playing hard to get and 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 and, and outright saying, "Listen, I am not interested right. in you. Leave me alone." Leave there's me a alone. big difference <laughs> yeah. between being like, "Well, I'm gonna play hard to get. I'm gonna not answer on the first call when he calls. I will call him back, make it seem like I'm busy." Like well, you know, sometimes people play little games, especially in the courting phases, right. you know, as they say. But when when somebody is flat out telling you, "Leave me alone. I'm not interested," and you know, this situation with Carrie was a situation that happened um, while she was at work and it happened over a period of time and she had multiple encounters with this man and she told him no. But there's been incidents where a woman didn't know a man at all and she was at a bar and he tried to talk to her, and she rejected him, and he shot her. Yeah. This happened to a young woman in, in Pittsburgh. It happens more often than you think, where there is no prior relationship. There is no history there. Yeah. There's no, oh, I tried to talk to her a million times, or she was about to term. There's just, I met this girl at the bar. I tried to talk to her. She blew me off. I got mad. I pulled out a gun and shot her.
1: Yeah,
0: It happens all the time. And and so, yeah, um, you know, there's some... You know, we could talk about, you know, toxic masculinity and those things that play into that type of um, inability to accept rejection. Um, But at the end of the day, uh, accepting rejection is something that everyone has to deal with. Everybody has to deal with it. And that was, you know, one of the reasons why um, I I wanted to retell this story to people who, who hadn't heard it. Because I think that there are... Um, so many things that went wrong for Carrie. Carrie had done so many things right in her life. She had made so many good decisions. She was smart. She was ambitious. She worked hard. She got her degree. Um, She was doing all of these things right. And the the one moment in her life is this job. She entered this job and met this man who ultimately murdered her two years after she started there. So it's a story that um, there's things that we can take from it. There's lessons that we can learn and... Um through those lessons, you know you take that in honor you know carrie's memory and 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 the things that she had to deal with because it's it's sad, you know, like it's just it's a it's an absolute tragedy, there's no uh no justifying it, mental illness or not, there's just no justifying what happened to Carrie, and like I said in the episode, no one, no one should ever have to die like Carrie died, so yeah. So, um, so yeah, so thank you for listening to this week's episode. Uh, It was a tough episode, just like all the episodes. Um, but, um, thank you guys for listening. For those of you who are new to Afterthoughts, who just came to the podcast, like I said, if you didn't hear Carrie's story and you just kind of tuned into Afterthoughts, please go back and listen to the story and you'll kind of get the full picture of who Carrie was and, and the details of this story. Um, we will be back on Monday with a brand new episode of Black Girl Gone. And then, of course, on Thursday, we'll be back with a brand new episode of Afterthoughts. So thanks, guys. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Peace.